Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number nine of The Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week nine of the Restless Subtopia Network is underway. Happy Tuesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as the road to WrestleMania continues. We are a little over a week away from WrestleMania 36 taking place on both Saturday and Sunday, April 4th and 5th, respectively from the WWE Performance Center and various locations streaming, not live, on the WWE Network. That's right. This week, WWE is taping WrestleMania over two days at multiple locations outside of the WWE Performance Center as a way to make sure we have a show with everything going on with the pandemic that is gripping this country and the world at the moment. As we try to navigate the new normal for right now, and we have to commend both WWE and AEW for soldiering on during these trying times to give us an escape for two to three hours every single week to make sure that we can get away from the news, the sadness and the madness surrounding COVID-19. And that is the intention of this podcast as well. And we never know where this show will lead us in the weeks to come, maybe days to come for that matter. And I just hope I can continue to provide an escape for you, the listener, from the craziness we are experiencing right now. And, you know, just add some levity to the situation regarding professional wrestling, something that brings us together on a weekly basis. And to lighten the mood, I want to encourage you to go back into the archives, dating back to January 28th, where the road to WrestleMania started the night after the Royal Rumble pay-per-view and every show since then, recapping the fallout from AEW Dynamite NXT and Friday Night Smackdown, along with Monday Night Raw on your favorite podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, Our Heart Radio, Stitcher Radio and tune in plus Amazon Alexa. So feel free to download, subscribe, and listen today, anywhere, anytime. Without further ado, let's take a deep dive into all things Monday Night Raw with the Raw verdict as the show emanated from the WWE Performance Center in front of no fans. But the one major critique surrounding Raw Friday Night Smackdown with their empty arena shows was the hard camera focusing on the empty seats in the arena. And after watching AEW Dynamite this past Wednesday and how we praised the show for being cosmetically different to not focus on the empty seats, but focus on the main stage and the action in the ring with a nice camera angle to really capture the atmosphere, WWE took cues, not on Friday, but last night by having the action shot courtesy of the hard cam focusing on the main stage and the graphics and shooting the matches differently as well. So after much belaboring, WWE finally gave us a fresh angle to look at the show, to not bemoan the point there's no fans there and really juice up the set heading into WrestleMania. And if that's any indication, I feel a little bit more confident heading into the biggest show of the year, downsized of course, with good angles of how the show should be shot in that particular building. The show kicked off with Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar in the ring as they try to convince us, the viewers, that Drew McIntyre does not have a shot at winning the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. 
McIntyre can get down on his hands and knees, according to Paul Heyman, and pray to God. But the prayer line will be busy by the time WrestleMania rolls around. So therefore, he does not have a prayer, a chance of beating Brock Lesnar. He will fall like so many have in the past. He would give it his all, give it his best. But at the end of the day, he'll be another bitch and douched out by Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania as the Beast will remain the reigning, defending WWE World Heavyweight Champion. And I don't know what douching out means, but it's very important to practice safe hygiene during these trying times in world history. But overall, it was a fine segment to kick off the show. Very paint by the numbers promo by Paul Heyman and Brock Lesnar standing there strong and tall as usual as he continues to forward his feud with Drew McIntyre heading into their championship match at Mania next Saturday and or Sunday on the WWE Network. No Drew sighting for the second week in a row, but I do have a suggestion due to the fact that, hey, WrestleMania is coming up and the WWE Chronicle on McIntyre's ascent towards this match, the biggest match of his life, is now pushed up either a day or two ahead of schedule. I think it might be timely to air excerpts of that Chronicle episode next Monday on Raw. I know it could be a ratings killer, but right now the numbers don't matter. Get some tangible eyeballs on Drew McIntyre's career, his story, the highs and lows of his career, how he got to where he is today would definitely add a little extra sauce to his match with Lesnar at WrestleMania for the WWE Championship. I think it's a tough position to put WWE in to air the Chronicle special after WrestleMania on Saturday night. So my best bet is to splice together as many clips as you can to show on Monday Night Raw next Monday since they're taping next week's episode ahead of schedule due to everything being in flux due to the current situation we're in. That's just a suggestion on my part to make sure you profile McIntyre adequately heading into the biggest match of his career in the most unusual of circumstances. Moving on to AJ Styles cutting another great promo on The Undertaker to kick off the second hour of the show with the OC right by his side. AJ, I have to say as a heel, cuts some of the best promos in all of WWE. He has a sense of humor about him that's very endearing and very cutting at the same time, but he just pulls off the material like nobody's business and tonight was no exception. What's interesting about this feud with The Undertaker is that WWE is actively humanizing and demystifying The Undertaker during this particular run. That AJ is mentioning the fact that he has an Instagram and Twitter page and he's very active on social media and that kayfabe is dead in Undertaker's eye and using his government name of Mark Calloway to drive that porn home even further and saying how Michelle McCool has softened The Undertaker in recent years to make him this figure that shouldn't be feared anymore because he's swimming in a pool with the tiger talking about animal conservation and they actually play the clip on the screen which made me laugh because it went viral last week online with Taker Michelle and the tiger chilling in a swimming pool it was quite the visual to say the least and AJ mentioned how Undertaker was wearing maternity pants last week as he made his way down to the ring and he wanted to bring back the OG Taker the one that we should be afraid of and be in awe of because right now we're not seeing the phenom right now we're seeing the world's least scariest husband a gothic version of Dog the Bounty Hunter 
or a goth version of Tiger King, which is a hot documentary blowing up Netflix at the moment. So he said, I want the original Dead Man back and I'm gonna get him back in a boneyard match at WrestleMania. And we don't know what the hell a boneyard match is, but I'm presuming this is the first match of its nature to take place outside of the WWE PC, which makes total sense, utilize different areas of the state of Florida or other states around the country if allowed to do soundstage matches in various locations, who knows? But at least we have an idea of what they're doing at WrestleMania, even though we don't know what a boneyard match is. But once again, exceptional work by AJ Styles. He was such a great heel during his feud with John Cena about four years ago. Let me tell you something, if a man can beat up Shane McMahon in a parking lot to get a match at WrestleMania and pull off a four-star match against Shane McMahon, AJ Styles can do anything. And this promo and this presumed boneyard match should be no different. Moving on to the best match of the night featuring Andrade and Angel Garza facing Cedric Alexander and Ricochet. And they gave it their all. They did not hold anything back. It was a very exciting match full of great lucha style and cruiserweight action that really emphasized the talent of all four men in the ring. And I thought both teams shined. I'm not opposed to seeing Alexander and Ricochet form a tag team in the future. Two very underserved, underutilized, and underrated men on the WWE main roster at the moment. And sometimes you got to join forces to kind of break through that glass ceiling. And hopefully once we get back to our regularly scheduled programming and big sized arenas with fans, they can really develop this tag team moving forward. They definitely have potential. I am not opposed to the idea of seeing MVP be their manager at some point. He's a great talker, and I think he can definitely add an extra layer to their characters if given the chance to do so. But it just depends if WWE wants to stick with them as a tag team and eventually split off and become single stars again and possibly feud with each other. But that requires a lot of forethought and foresight by WWE, and we shall see how it plays out. Andrade defeated Alexander with a elbow strike that was botched due to a hinky jinky jerky count by the referee that was the only thing that marred this match but otherwise i appreciate all four men putting in that work and putting on a show for us the viewers at home and with that victory, Garza and Andrade gained momentum heading into their Raw Tag Team Championship match against the Street Profits of WrestleMania. And Montez Ford and Angelo Dawkins was on guest commentary during their matchup. And they got in the ring, had a little scuffle with Andrade and Garza to send a message. They're ready for the match of WrestleMania. Kind of thrown together at the very last minute, but you're trying to fill out a four-hour card Saturday and Sunday. Gotta do what you gotta do, but this could be a sneaky good match considering the talent involved. So fingers crossed they can pull off a miracle in a week's time, either on Saturday and or Sunday on the WWE Network. Moving on to Shayna Baszler and Charlie Caruso having a sit-down interview to kick off the third hour of Monday Night Raw. And Charlie wanted to ask Shayna, due to her dominating performance at the Elimination Chamber and challenging Becky Lynch for the Raw Women's Championship at WrestleMania, what kind of champion she would be in the event she won the title. And Baszler did a great job staring coldly at Caruso for asking such a question and wanted to get to the root of this interview saying, why do I like to destroy things? Why do I want to win the championship? Because 
Winning the championship destroys Becky Lynch. And that gives her great satisfaction. Before Charlie could ask another question, we hear this crack of a chair hit Shayna Baszler directly in the back. It was like a gunshot. The lights come on and it's Becky Lynch with chair in hand and swinging a second time across Baszler's back as she stands tall and forwards her feud heading into WrestleMania next Saturday and or Sunday for the Raw Women's Championship. That was an effective segment in my estimation. And Becky, to me, was completely justified in her attack. Shayna bit her neck a couple of months ago almost. And when you take a chunk out of me, I'm going to take a chunk out of your pack via a chair shot. And I love the intensity from Lynch. And I just wait for that final confrontation heading into their match at WrestleMania, that final face-to-face -face confrontation to really drive their feud home. And Shayna, to me, is one of the most underrated promos in the business. Very calculated, very specific with what she has to say but every bit of her words carry a lot of weight and Becky Lynch of course when she's dead serious one of the best promos in the business as well so I expect one more solid segment to push this feud on home across the finish line as the road to Wrestlemania continues now it's rare that I speak hyperbole on this show and it's very rare that I speak of greatness of a moment that really grabs me. And I've had a few of those moments on this show, specifically Randy Orton and Edge. Their entire buildup has been amazing. Throw in Matt Hardy for a couple of weeks and it was even better. But I have to really commend Seth Rollins, something I have not been able to say consistently on this show because I did not have a clear understanding of what his character was about. He's a messiah, but why? What's his purpose? What drives him? What's his MO? And tonight, in front of no one except Kevin Owens and the camera, in the PC, he took us to promo school and possibly cut the best promo of his career. And that is saying a lot because I remember there was one particular promo the night after the Warrior Rumble when he won the right to face Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship of WrestleMania last year. He got very emotional to me. That was peak Rollins being his true authentic self. And tonight he was completely delusional, but he sold the hell out of his promo and his performance was a 10 in my estimation. Kevin Owens called him out. Owens you know, is fed up with Rollins, you know, ducking and dodging, wants to face this man eye to eye. Let's have the conversation. Rollins obliges and he cuts this incredible promo saying, you talk about the importance of having this match at the PC, how you was bred and how you got your career in WWE via this place, the people that coached you, the trainers, the mentors that guided your career. But listen to me, I set the table for you. There was no PC when Seth Rollins joined WWE Developmental. He got his start at a dilapidated warehouse and was told to forget his entire indie career. Nothing you did counted, it mattered, it meant nothing when you walk through these doors because you have to start from scratch. And he said, I made a sacrifice. I sacrificed myself for you. I sacrificed myself for the future. I my blood, sweat, and tears built this PC because of what I did beforehand. Without me, there would be no PC. Without me, there would be no NXT. Without me, there would be no Johnny Gargano, no Tomasa Ciampa, no Undisputed Era, no Women's Revolution. There would be none of this without me. I set the foundation. And here you are trying to detract 
from my mission, trying to spread that same knowledge and that same message to Monday Night Raw. And all you had to do was join me, join the movement, but you shunned me at every turn. And now you have the audacity to challenge me to a match at WrestleMania. WrestleMania, Kevin, I'm undefeated. I've beaten the greats, Brock Lesnar, for the Universal Championship, Triple H. I cashed in Money in the Bank and pinned Roman Reigns to become the WWE Champion. I've done it all at Mania. Beat the best. Won the IC title a couple of years ago at WrestleMania in New Orleans. And what is your record at WrestleMania? Failure. You don't show up. Hell, you can even make the card last year. When I'm under pressure, I become a god. And you can expect that same result at WrestleMania. And Kevin tried to fire back, but he had nothing to say. And I just thought that Rollins was on another level with this promo. This is what I was looking for for the last couple of months. I wanted to see a dynamic Seth Rollins performance to give me justification for this Messiah character. And last night in five minutes, he gave us all of it. And if it takes doing promos inside an empty PC to get it out of him, then so be it. But I loved his delivery, his delusions of grandeur. It was fantastic. And I have to say, physically speaking, dude looks ripped as of late. So he's definitely in WrestleMania condition physically. But I just thought he did an amazing job with this promo. Told his entire story in such a egotistical way that he believed everything he was saying. And yes, we could say it's a crock of bullshit, but hey, he's a heel. Heels lie. That's what they do. And I thought that Rollins did a great job really projecting his character and adding some much needed personal heat to his match against Owens at WrestleMania next Saturday and or Sunday on the WWE Network. And speaking of stellar promo work, it is time for our main event segment of Randy Orton responding to Edge's challenge to a last man standing match at WrestleMania. And Norton as well cut a masterclass promo explaining his actions, that he is sorry once again. He lied to Beth Phoenix saying that Edge was a junkie for the war of the crowd. No, he's a junkie for himself, for his own ego. Adam Copeland is a junkie for Edge because they're one and the same. One can't live without the other. Without the other, the alpha in this situation is incomplete. And he just wanted to get it out of the way. And he talked about how Edge accused him of, you know, getting everything handed to him. That he didn't go through the indie scene. He didn't have to go through the hard labor to become a WWE superstar. He says it's absolutely true. But don't get it twisted. I had to work for everything I had despite my last name because your last name doesn't mean a whole lot if you can't back it up. And in less than a year, I became IC champion. Less than a year later, I became the world heavyweight champion, the youngest champion in WWE history. Look at all the things I've accomplished in my career because of what I am and who I am. And you talk about how Mick Foley passed the torch for our careers at Backlash 2004 for me and at WrestleMania 22 for you. No, 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 no. I took the torch for Mick Foley. He slammed me through some thumbtacks. I spat in his face and kicked his ass and took that torch from him. He gave it to you at WrestleMania 22. Hardcore match, his specialty. He didn't hand me nothing. I took it from him. You say I don't have grit. I have plenty of grit. 
You said it's grit that you sat at home for nine years wondering what if, staring up at the ceiling. I consider grit being a constant in the WWE locker room, having longevity in this career when it's damn near impossible to do so. And you wanna question my grit to this industry? It's a joke. And Orton wonders if Edge was given the same opportunities, since he's the ultimate opportunist, would you actually turn down Triple H's offer to join Evolution? to become a guaranteed champion and future Hall of Famer in under a year's time, which really turn that shot down because you're so humble and you don't want anything given to you, but you've taken a lot in your career. And Orton noted, you know what? I do love your daughters. And I tried to make sure they had their dad at home for a very long time. That's why I tried to mercifully in your career a couple of months ago, but here you are. Once again, trying to write the chapter to your story. And as for your last man standing match challenge, I accept and I'm going to end this chapter at WrestleMania. And with that, the show went off the air with another stellar Randy Orton performance on the mic. He is so in the zone. And one of the benefits of having empty arena shows is that the crowd can't interject with boos or cheers or what chants and they can just barrel through their promo and add that little extra emotion that you really can't get in a live setting except those special circumstances when it counts so much. So great work from Morton Stellar once again, hyping his match against Edge, last man staying at WrestleMania Saturday and or Sunday on the WWE Network. Just exceptional work from Morton once again. Top notch, there's nothing else I can really add except this is the best storyline heading into the biggest show of the year. And I expect them to be creative to make this match stand out. You have two ring generals, veterans who've been in this game for almost 20 years, 40 years of experience collectively. They know what they're doing out there and it can make this match very special with zero fans in the building. I don't have a doubt in my mind about that. And on that note, this wraps up episode number nine of the Raw Verdict, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's flagship show, Monday Night Raw. I hope you enjoyed it. As always, you can follow me on Twitter at LadyWrestlingX. You can find me promoting these podcast shows on the daily, recapping Raw, SmackDown, AEW Dynamite, and NXT. You know what to do. Take a deep dive into past episodes via your favorite podcast directories, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, and TuneIn, plus Amazon Alexa. I'll be back on Thursday morning at 6 a.m. sharp, recapping possibly AW Dynamite and or NXT together with the Potpourri mashup number three, or I could be back with just the AW Dynamite show if NXT is going to be a more traditional program with matches versus a highlight reel via last week's show. So you're either going to get a mashup of a dual recap or two separate shows that will drop Thursday and Friday morning at 6 a.m. respectively. Just check your podcast feeds for the drop and you'll know one way or the other. Until then, enjoy your Tuesday and your hump day. Stay safe out there. Wash those hands on the regular. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.